Oh, man. How you doing? I'm a little frustrated. We had a whole morning planned out. It's kind of gone awry. But here we are just, you know, making adjustments like we like we need to do, like professionals do. This is what we do. You know, yeah. we're content creators. So if the first way doesn't work, we just take technology, we spin it on its head, and we get going. So I want to welcome everybody to the first 2022 edition of Baseball Today. It's Rose. It's Ploof. We're back after a week off. Ploof just put on a hat. Is that because you didn't like the way your hair was? I just figured that's what we do on Baseball Today. We wear hats. Yes, it is. It's what we do. Hope everybody's doing well out there. I had a lot of people already in the chat saying, hey, where's Ken Rosenthal? Ken Rosenthal needs to take care of Ken Rosenthal. Uh, truth be told, I've been friends with Kenny for 20 years. I uh, reached out to him yesterday because I've sat in that seat. I know what it's like to not have your contract renewed from MLB Network. It's not a fun time. He's doing great. Uh, he feels well. Um, he's in a good headspace right now. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Um, and I'm only saying this because I know a lot of people care about him. And you can see from the reaction on social media that he's doing well. And um, we'll hear from him at the appropriate time, I'm sure. Yes. I, I mean, it was cool to see how many people across, you know, all um, specters of the sport. Is that even a word that I just made up right there? Maybe all platforms of Spectrum, baseball. the entire spectrum. <laughs> but everyone was, you know, voicing their, you know, their love for Ken yesterday. Players, media members, everybody. So it was cool to see. Yep, absolutely. So we wish him well in whatever his next endeavor is. In the meantime, you can continue to read his great work on The Athletic, and you'll see him on Fox whenever the baseball season gets going. Let's keep our fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> in the meantime, we had last week off, so let's get to it. Do a deep dive on what has transpired, including the retirement of a former all-star third baseman, Kyle Seeger. We knew his time was done after 11 seasons up in Seattle, but we thought, he would latch on to a new team, much like his brother did. That did not happen. His wife came out on social media and said, my hubby's retiring. He's coming home to be just a family guy, just to be a dad of three and a husband of one. And that's it. So um, how shocked were you when you read that news? Initially, I think like everybody, I was pretty shocked. Just because I think this guy has more baseball left in him. Ooh, that's a good look for Ploof. I don't know what's happening. I don't even know what's going on, guys. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Continue on, caller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said initially I was shocked like everybody else because this guy's got a lot of great baseball left in him, or so it seems. Last year, put up a two-war. Numbers were down, you know, in his regards, but still 35 and 100. And I know those are counting stats and all the, you know, the new age baseball people don't care about those, but that's something. You know, 35 homers and 100 RBIs means a lot to players. The guy has baseball left in him, but you know what else he's got? A beautiful family, a generational wealth, a new house in North Carolina that he just built. And I guarantee he said, you know what? I can just stay. Yeah, all right. So Ploofy freezing a little bit. I'll pick it up from there. I understand his point. For me, it's this is the way I look at it, that Kyle Seeger, when he walked off the diamond for the last time up in the Seattle, it was one of the few times I saw an entire team in tears, right? There was the meeting in the mound, ninth inning. Uh, they pull him off the field so he could get one last ovation, one last tip of the cap. And it was a monumental moment in the history of that franchise, which is really saying something. Because let's keep in mind, 
He didn't lead Seattle to a World Series. Heck, he never even took Seattle to a playoff up there. And he was that beloved in that town. And he felt so much love. I had Mitch Hanniger on the Chris Rose rotation talking about it. And six weeks after it happened, he was still all choked up. And I think the point is, is that when you ingrain yourself in a society for over a decade and you feel that much love, and for the first time you're cut free, free agency doesn't seem that appealing. It really doesn't because all of a sudden you move to a new town and they look at you as just the new free agent third baseman signed on the dotted line. You're no longer that beloved guy that helped create a community up in Seattle. You're just a player with a dollar figure next to your name. So if you don't get it done on the field, you're going to be remembered in your new home as just a dude. Like on a much larger scale, look at what happened with Albert Pujols, right? Beloved in St. Louis, two-time World Series champ, three-time league MVP. He goes out to Anaheim, played in three playoff games out there, and all they see is a contract as an albatross. He isn't, he isn't Albert Pujols anymore. The last doing, time, dude. It's the last time, bro. I don't know what's going on. I don't know either, but, you know, you live in that ritzy, hoity-toity part of town. Let's start paying some internet bills. I got two internet bills. I'm, I was hardwired. That didn't work. This thing, we'll see how it goes, man. Enough about me. All right, so you missed my entire great point about Kyle Seeger, and then we, we got to move on. I watched it. You're totally right, dude. You're in one organization your entire life. You're a guy there. Every, everybody knows who you are. You mean something. When you go to a different organization, I experienced this myself. You're nothing. You're nothing right. there. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if you heard what I heard, said earlier, but the guy gets to go home and be in his new house with his family. I think it was a decision that, you know, wasn't easy for him. But when you start to think about, like, the two, mm -hmm. for a lot of guys, it is easy. For yeah. me, it was easy. Uh, last point, I was doing a little research on Kyle Seeger. Good hooper in high school. You know who he defended one day? <sighs> for North Carolina, I don't. Who? Think about it. In the Charlotte area, early 30s, really good shooter. I don't know. Sorry. Steph Curry. No. Yeah, he said, he, he said, I felt like I was doing a good job because he kept having to go back further and further to go shoot, but he kept making them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. And by the way, the scouting report hasn't changed. He just keeps going further and further back and making it. But that's... By the way, right, how cool is that that Kyle Seeger hits over, like, 220 career home runs and makes over $100 million, and, like, we're amazed. Like, oh, my God, he got a chance to guard Steph Curry in high school. He's had a blessed life, man. 242 homers, just so you know. We wish him well. So, Kyle, uh, really good run. Uh, Corey just signed a $325 million deal to be the shortstop of the Texas Rangers. Your favorite brother combo that you have seen play in the major league so we're not talking about the dimaggios although they were great we're not talking about the Alus, although they were great those are those are tandems that yes had an impact in the major leagues but we did not see play yeah i mean i think there's some easy answers here uh i'll just name two but i'm going to give my favorite one melina brothers obviously are just they redefine oh, what it means to be a catcher uh i played against maybe all of them i think there's three yes and there's i three. think i played against all of them yep benji jose and and yadi right yep uh so they are like probably at the upper echelon top and then you have uh, the upton brothers which i've known justin upton Good for one. since he was 14 years old uh those guys 
at their peaks, the Upton brothers were incredible. I'm going to go with uh, my favorite group of brothers, just because I knew them a little bit better, uh, the, the Rogers brothers, Taylor and Tyler. Oh, good. I like that. I, I love – two things I love about them. First, they're, like, funny. They're identical twins. They tried to get me one time uh, acting like the other person. I didn't fall for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I love that one's a lefty that throws cheese – and then the other one's a submarine ride that throws like 40 miles an hour. It's just so right. cool how that came about. So give those guys a watch. They're two really good relievers in the game right now and really fun people. Okay. I want to tell you a funny story about one of the Molina brothers. So back in the early days of intentional talk, you know, the Molina's not exactly known for their speed. And Jose Molina was running one time. And I remember saying on air, Millar, I guarantee you that is one guy I am faster than in Major League Baseball. Like, there's no question. By my, it was just a fun little skit that we carried on. 2013, the then Indians make it to the wild card game against the Rays. And he's playing for the Rays. And the network flew me out there to do the show. They knew I'd be super excited. So I do the show from five to six on the field before the game. And I'm going over and I'm talking to some of the Rays. And I see Jose Molina. And I didn't realize that he was that big because Benji and Yachty are not tall guys. Jose is like a big dude. So I'm like, hey, Jose, how you doing? And I stick my hand out and he <laughs> shakes it and he looks at me and he goes, so you think you're fucking faster than me, motherfucker? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was, it was just a joke. He's like, fuck you, motherfucker. And I was like, oh, my God. So the whole night I was scared shitless. Like, I was worried. I, I thought for sure I'd pissed him off. I watched the game. Tribe loses like 4 nothing. Next morning in the airport, I see Jason Giambi, who was playing for the uh, Indians at the time. And I said, hey, you played with Jose Molina, right? I said, yeah. I said, is he, is he a tough guy? Or He's like, no, he's a great dude. And I was like, Jesus, what happened? David Price DM'd me <laughs> the next day. And he goes, dude, we got you, didn't we? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, we were hoping you were going to come in the clubhouse afterwards so that Molina could come up to you and go, got him. Got him. Totally <laughs> fucking with you. And I was like, oh, my God. Seriously? Dude. I love it. Me. I love said, it. My favorite brother tandem, the Alomars, Robbie Alomar, one of the top five baseball players I've ever seen play. Unbelievable. Could do it all. Had some pop. Could hit for average. Could run. Great defender. Unbelievable. And then Sandy Alomar, near and dear to my heart. Uh, 97 ALCS, Dan Rourke showed this. Last out when the Indians beat the Orioles in game six. Sandy is catching. Robbie strikes out looking. And all I could imagine is, oh, my God, Sandy's got it over his brother forever. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it's it. Pretty cool. All right, let's move on to this interesting story. Buster Only, our buddy from ESPN, said, the Yanks are interested in possibly trading for Matt Chapman as a shortstop. You buying it? No. No, I'm not at all. Look, can can Matt Chapman play shortstop? Of course he can. He can do anything that he wants on the baseball field. He's been a generational defensive third baseman with the A's. I mean, I got to see this in real time. He took he literally took my job. I, I said it from day one. <laughs> what am I doing here? You are an incredible defensive player. The first time I took ground balls with the guy, I knew how good he was. That's and that's saying something because I've taken ground balls with a lot of freaking people. As soon as I saw him take ground balls, I, I knew he was special. So can he go play shortstop? Of course he can. But why? Why would you change a guy's position? All right. Your audio just dropped out. 
clue. Really, what is going on with you today? There you go. You're back. I don't know. All right. We lost about 10 seconds. See you. Go. There's so many different options for the Yankees out there. First of all, they have two guys in their organization that they can go, you know, look to promote. Uh, right. There's two free agents out there in Correa and Story. There's uh, Kiner Falefa, who already made that transition from third to short. He can play both. First of all, getting Chapman's not going to be cheap. And then if you get him, you better extend him. There's so many weird things with this. So, yeah, I've said this on Talking Baseball. Right now, everyone's just sitting back, looking at their roster, and thinking about ways to improve it. But, like, to, to think Matt Chapman's going to be playing shortstop with the Yankees is absolutely ridiculous. Do you it's think just, there's any way they're getting that out in the media to drive down the price on a potential free agent? Of course there's a way. They, they, yes, yes. It just doesn't make any sense. That makes zero sense to me. Uh, I just went back and looked. He played two games at shortstop in college. He played less than 100 innings of shortstop in the minor leagues. And he's played fewer than 10 innings in the major leagues. You know, because I'm sure whether guys got hurt or ejected and they had to move guys around or whatever. He's not a shortstop. He's a, it makes zero sense. Absolutely no sense to take one of the best defensive third basemen when there's plenty of capable guys. I I almost snickered at it when I saw the report. I was like, come on. Really? It doesn't make any sense. Like I said, if you're going to take a guy like that, you better be willing to extend him. He's not going to be cheap. No. I, I know I've said this about him before. I'm going to put it out there again. And this is, it's, it's actually gotten tougher now that Shohei is doing Shohei things. But if he is still in the American League, I've said that his best offensive year of his career, he'll win an MVP. That might not happen anymore because Shohei no. might just run away with it for five years or something. But that's the kind of player he is. If he gets back and has a really good offensive year, that coupled with his defensive metrics, like he's, he'll put up an eight to ten more season. Could. Could. You're right with those defensive metrics, which makes him a little a little odd. I always think the metrics skew too much defensively, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, you're right. Uh, all right. Um, there was another report out there that Josh Bell could be on the move again. Of course, he was traded from Pittsburgh to Washington, had a solid season. And now they're saying in his walk year, he could be dealt again. If so, do you have a good landing spot for him? Not really, because, again, I think he's one of those guys that fits um, that DH role. Like, I know he's been playing some first base, obviously, but I think he's more – if you're going to have him on your team, you could just look at him as a bat. Uh, so some of the teams that need lefties, we already talked about them. The, the Blue Jays, is there a fit there? I don't really know, but you're trying to replace um, some offensive output when – because Simeon's gone. Uh, another place, and I think we already talked about this, for somebody else to go, there's the Brewers. We need offense. Yeah. I think Rowdy Telez is scheduled to be the first baseman. I love Rowdy. He can do it. it. Is. Um, but, you know, you always need depth. So I think that could be a good landing spot for him, especially if the DH comes to the National League like we expect it to. There's a lot of places that a hitter can land now that we're going to have a universal DH. So he could kind of go anywhere. Yeah, so I've got two spots. Uh, first of all, you well, he's a he's switch hitter, isn't he? He is a switch hitter. And actually, his splits were very good last year. He had over an 800 OPS from both sides of the dish. So it's not you – know, some guys go slant heavily one way or another. He does not when it comes to that. Milwaukee makes a ton of sense, uh, particularly with the DH. Um, you know, Rowdy Telez, left-handed stick, really good guy to have, I think, as a – not even a platoon player, but a guy that you can sprinkle in and give 60 starts, 
somewhere along the line, 60 to 80 starts. The other place I would say is Boston. I think that's a place you want to keep your eye on. I know that they're big on Bobby Dahlbeck, and I understand it. But I think a, a switch hitter in that park could be really, really interesting. Lee, he works well in a lot of places. I see someone saying he's from Dallas. Texas should bring him home. Like, sure. Yeah. He keep is, going, yeah. Texas. Yep. Yep. Good. Shout out, shout out Frankie in the chat. What's up, Frankie? And uh, I think he's going to be making right around $10 million bucks this year in his final year of arbitration, which isn't terrible for a guy who's, you know, consistently over an 800 OPS. Good dude, too. Good dude. Uh, last thing, Eric Hosmer, former guest on the Chris Rose rotation, married his bride over the weekend um, at the Breakers in Florida. Did you see some of the pictures from there? I did. Talk about FOMO right there. Whoa. I mean, big oh. time. A lot of my friends were there, and Eric and I used to be really good buddies back in the day when I was with the Twins. He was with the Royals. We had a lot of good times together. Yeah. The invite not didn't show up. <clears throat> oh, are, are you a little? Are you a little hurt? I'm not. I'm kind of joking about that. I wish I could have gone because it looked extravagant, and it was basically a yeah. who's who in the baseball world. Yeah, it was. Uh, they look beautiful. So congratulations to Haas and Casey. Like uh, they've been together for a long time. So it's nice to. See them finally tie the knot. Are we going to have, like, little baby hawses running around, little mohawk to baby hawses soon? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Let, let's not put the pressure. Let them enjoy life a little bit. L let them enjoy life. Just start pumping them out. Let's go. Dude, you sound like a grandparent. Like, come on. I need my little grandbabies. Enough. You, are, you aren't pushing your sons to push them out? I've got sons that are 21 and 16. <laughs> Seriously, dude? Okay, maybe you just tell the whole thing. I'm like Brett Favre. I want to be a grandpa at like 44 or 50 or whatever I am. You're like, you're younger than I give you credit for, I think. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so with all that being said, what was your one great memory from your wedding day? Oh, so we had um, my wife's Egyptian, my Egyptian goddess. We had a, I don't know why this ties in. At a lot of Egyptian weddings that I've been to, there's been a belly dancer. So we had a belly dancer. Whoa! Yeah. Um, so we had like, I don't know, 200 people at our wedding or something like that. And when the belly dancer came on, she started bringing people into the middle and dancing with them. Every single guy, baseball guy, anyone that was there, left the room, dude. Because they did not want to be brought into the middle of the circle. Everyone was so embarrassed. But a few guys did end up doing it, and uh, I have, like, hilarious, hilarious pictures. I, I even think Ryan Braun uh, got in the middle for a little bit, which is blackmail central right there. I got him. That's nice. Very nice. Uh, well, my, my beautiful bride, Michelle, and I will be um, celebrating 25 years coming up this September. So I do re actually remember something from the wedding. Two things. The rehearsal dinner. My dad was a big-time business guy from Ohio. And, you know, the groom's parents paid for the rehearsal dinner. And he did not like where we had the rehearsal dinner. And I won't give a shout out to this particular hotel, but he was not pleased. And at the beginning of his speech, he said, I really wish that I had enough money to buy this hotel so that I could fire everybody. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, geez, dad, do it before they poison the food. <laughs> Please, right? That's great. Uh, number two, it was hot as hell. We got married the first 
weekend in September, and it was hot as hell where we were getting married. It was like 102 every day, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be melting in my tuxedo because I'm the biggest sweater ever. Somehow the weather broke. It was like 70, low 70s at the time we said I do. Perfect, beautiful waterfall background, and it was sensational. So, and Michelle's hated 98% of the days since then. But other than that, it was... Yeah, that's true. 97. You know, Michelle is a goddess, so it wouldn't surprise me if she just did the weather. She's like she this. She might have. She might have just done this, sprinkled it with beautiful, right? Yeah. All right, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media as we wrap this thing up? <laughs> I don't know, man. No more sequence episodes for a while. We're still figuring yeah. all that out. Um, we recorded Talking Baseball yesterday, kind of, you know, bringing in the new year. We had some topics to talk about. Uh, we'll do another episode tomorrow. And then uh, it's just you and I and, and Jimmy and Jake will be doing our thing. Uh, yep. Some big news coming out of John Boy Media soon within the next week or so. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. It's not Kenny Rosenthal. Oh. Not yet. Okay. Yes. What about you? Uh, Rose Rotation. Last week we had the Union episode with Giolito, Marcus Simeon, Zach Britton. If you haven't watched it, go inform yourself. Uh, it kind of takes us inside the mindset of the players as they're trying to get this thing done. So um, that was really good. And then we just had the Hall of Fame with Howard Bryant, Ken Davidoff, and Jeff Piason. They all joined us, and they were great. They just kind of let loose. We covered everything, A-Rod, Bonds, Schilling, Andrew Jones, a little bit of everything. Um, it's, it's well worth your while because later on this month, we will find out if anybody's going to get enshrined or if they'll pitch a shutout like they did a season ago. Uh, and then I'm uh, hopefully recording one today. I don't want to give out the name just yet because we touched base late last week, and now I've been trying to nail down the time, and we haven't exactly figured that out. So keeping my fingers crossed there. Okay? I will say I'm a busy man. I don't have time to listen to all of our shows and stuff like that. So no, don't. We put out a lot of content. I listened – to the in entirety to the Jeff, Ken, and Howard show about the Hall of Fame. I don't even care about the Hall of Fame. It was an excellent class on how to have a discussion. Like you were great there, and just like the differing opinions, but then everyone kind of talking it up. Are, are you going to lead our next presidential debate? Like we need you, Chris. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I know I've got to stay in my lane. I was more than happy to be the fourth smartest person on that rotation. Those it guys, was pretty cool. They were great. And you know, I didn't even need to do much. They, they just kind of took it from topic to topic. And to me, the most interesting part of it was they sometimes agreed on the stance, but how they got to their final opinion was different. And that's what I loved. Jeff, Jeff did take over like hosting uh, duties from you for a while, which I don't yes. love. It's very passing of him to do that but you know it, okay. it worked out totally I, I don't as long as the guys are having a good time and people who are listening and watching are getting what they want out of it good i i was happy to just bow out and just be like this go for it guys it's cool dude people love you i'm from reading the chat are you like the rock like everyone likes you i'm the dad people it's perfectly you got to know your role listen I know that, by, by the way, it's been interesting. The uh, the article that came out in The Athletic, some people are like, well, he's still not over the breakup from MLB. I'm totally over the breakup. What I wasn't over is that I knew my relationships were going to change with some of my dear friends, and they have. 
that's what hurt. It's I am so thankful that I landed in a wonderful place like John Boy Media because I've created, I've cultivated new relationships with you, with Jimmy, with Jake, with Dan, with Rob Scirocco, with Sam, with Lucas, with Zach, with BBD, with all these wonderful people, with Joes, with Ashlyn, you know, all these amazing people that that work at our place. But when you work at a place for 10 years, right, you're not going to get over it because the relationships change. And that's what hurts. Like, I don't talk to Millar as much as I'd like to. And that hurts. That's all. Doesn't mean that I, that I miss that job and it's way better than the one I've got now. That ain't it, people. Life's about relationships. And it's that simple. Got it? Not at all, baby. All right, brother. Um, I will see you on Thursday. Hopefully, we'll get the little uh, kinks in whatever we're doing here ironed out technologically. And we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming, as we like to say. Sounds good. In the meantime, everybody, have an amazing Tuesday, courtesy of the crew here at Baseball Today. Thanks for watching. We will see you soon.